You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's the Friday Fun Show here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. What's poppin'? It's Matt Miguez. We got a lot to talk about. Like, I'm not going to waste any time here. LSU baseball playing Alabama. Cajuns baseball at home against UT Arlington. Cajuns softball is in Monroe to play ULM. They could clinch the Sunbelt regular season championship this weekend. Major, major news out of the UFC today. The Astros get a win last night. They'll play again tonight. Like I said, there's a lot to talk about. The NBA playoffs, I could could go on, but you get my point. Producer extraordinaire slash co-host with the most in the master control suite, Mr. James Mesh. James, happy Friday. Welcome to the Friday Fun Show. What's up, Matt? Hey, I like the energy. There we go. Uh, that was all my energy right there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. How's your Friday going, bud? Uh, it's good so far. Got some Yako Bell. Got some Yako Bell. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't get enough tacos last night. No. <laughs> hey, fair enough. Fair enough. So let let's dive into this UFC news. Uh, yeah, that I feel like that changes a lot. That changes so much because we talked about the UFC at length yesterday. So the main fight in tomorrow night's. UFC 274 was Charles Oliveira and Justin Gaethje for the lightweight title. Today at weigh-in, Charles Oliveira missed weight by half a pound. He came in at 155 and a half. He calls for a reway. They bring in the curtain. He strips down his shorts, wears absolutely nothing. 155 and a half yet again. So they tell him that he has an hour to try to cut that half a pound. An hour goes by. He steps back on the scale. Again, in the curtain. Shorts gone. 155 and a half. Did he not like just run f- the whole hour? That's what I would have done. I don't I don't I I would have chugged a bunch of water and went and used the bathroom. You can't tell me that wouldn't have lost you half a pound. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. And so or, now, or or in at the 59th minute, run to the bathroom and try and force one out. Hey, I mean, do what you got to do, man. That's but now, because because now here's the problem: he missed weight. He was the champ, so the title is now vacated. And the only way that it is going to go in the hands of anybody tomorrow night is if Justin Gaethje is the winner. That's major news. A night the day before a major UFC event in Phoenix. I mean, Charles Oliveira can't win the title in any way tomorrow night. If he wins the fight, the fight's still going to happen. And if he wins the fight, the title is just vacant. They're going to have to put a title fight together at a future event to have someone regain the lightweight title. But you know what I thought was the funniest thing about all of this is during that hour that Oliveira is trying to cut that half a pound, 
Michael Chan, not Michael Chandler, Justin Gaethje posted a picture on his Instagram story of him standing on a scale and it said 162 or something like that because ever since he stepped off the scale, he was stuffing his face trying to bulk up. Tipping the scales, playing the system. They're not going to weigh him tomorrow. Doesn't matter. He hit 155. He's good to go. As long as he stays under 170, he's golden. Major news out of the UFC. James, how do you think, you know, that changes? Obviously, it changes a lot, but, like, give me give me your opinion on this. Maybe Oliver just taps five seconds in. Yeah, I, I can <laughs> see that. <laughs> maybe just, I could see that. Maybe Justin Gaethje goes for, like, a he, grapple or something. And he, then. he could be so angry, Gaethje just grabs his arm. I tap, I tap. I'm out, I'm out, I'm done. Like, just, just ruins the whole, the whole night. Just ruins the whole night. The, oh man, that that's so insane. Because now, you know, we, we talked about Dustin Poirier yesterday getting the gold before his, his career ends. This is the only way Dustin's ever won a belt in his career. It was vacant, and he he won the interim title. So now my thought process is, if Gaethje doesn't win and the title stays vacant, Gaethje's going to go back to the bottom of the ladder. Dustin Poirier's got to fit in there somewhere. Michael Chandler's got to fit in there somewhere also. Could we see a Poirier versus Chandler match for the vacant lightweight title? That's intriguing. Could we see possibly Poirier McGregor again for the UFC title? That's also intriguing. There's a lot of ways that this thing can go, and you know, right now this is a bad look for Dana White, but in a couple days when he really sits on it, he could make a mega show out of this. I mean, totally stack a lineup card. It would be impressive. Let's get to our poll question of the day here. Who, what other veteran player would you like to see the Saints sign before the season? Is it Jarvis Landry? Is it Sony Michelle? Is it Devontae Booker? Everybody's talking about a veteran running back. Michelle, Booker, you know, there are some veteran running backs hanging around. Is it other? So far on Twitter, 71% of you say Jarvis Landry, 18% say Sony Michelle, and got 6% for Devontae Booker. Got a couple comments as well. Steve Flint. Chiming in on the poll question says, what is wrong with Leonard Fournette? From Louisiana, went to LSU, and most of all ran most of all ran over everyone in the NFC South. What I don't know. We'll, we'll get back to that. Let's go to the hotline. 706-011. T joins the show. What's going on, T? Hey, what's up, uh, Matt? Ah uh, man, what's going on? All right, buddy. Yes, sir. How are you? Good, good. Um, I, I'm gonna switch gears a little bit and go to LSU football for a second. Okay. Um, what do y'all think about the Anthony Bradley, uh, Anthony Bradford coming back to the old when uh, five star offensive lineman in the portal? I was just. 
wanted to get your thoughts on that. And look, y'all keep up the good work. Love this show. Thanks, T. Appreciate you. I mean, Anthony Bradford, you're talking about a kid that's 6'5", 365 pounds. I mean, that right there is is enough to to scare any opposing defense. Um, I've watched a little bit of tape on him. He's got huge upside. He The only thing that he's really lacking is, is game experience. I mean, he's played a little bit of special teams at LSU, but nothing, no true game experience so that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting again I think the kid's got a lot of talent I think he's got a lot of upside but how does that translate to game time it's gonna take they're gonna have to give him a training wheels period if you will to um to to let the the rust knock off but I think he's he's a great talent and and it's good that he was he was reinstated to the team I think that was a good move by Brian Kelly so going back to the poll question, Steve Flint says, what's wrong with Leonard Fournette from Louisiana, went to LSU, and most of all ran over everyone in the NFC South? And then Richie James climb, climb, chimes in and says, Sony Michelle at this point. Poll will be skewed because of where he went to college, but adding Jarvis crowds the wide receiver room. No point in trading up for Olave to sign a high-dollar vet after unless you trade MT-13. I don't think trading Michael Thomas is in anyone's cards right now. And I don't think that Jarvis crowds the wide receiver room. I think you could put Jarvis and MT out wide. You could run Olave in the slot. And then you've got a multitude of weapons for Jameis Winston to attack. You you would acknowledge the uh, Leonard Fournette? Yeah. That uh, he, he is with the Bucks. He's with the Bucks. Yeah, he had resigned. He resigned. Okay, so then, yeah, that's that's irrelevant. That's off the table, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I think Sony Michelle is the best move at this point. Um, I'm he's not, got he's got game experience. He's played with multiple teams. I'm, I'm not a he, huge he fan played, of him. He but he played for the Patriots and the Rams, and he played in the Super Bowl both times. I mean, he he know he he knows what to do to get to the game. Yep. And he's a two-time Super Bowl champ. I think getting that type of experience would help. Richie, I'm going to have to disagree with you. Adding Jarvis doesn't crowd the wide receiver room. If anything, it makes it better. I was going to say, if anything, creates more competition. It makes it better. And it makes sure Traquan Smith's bum self is off this team. Bum self. Uh, We also got two comments on the Facebook page. Jarvis 100% from Timothy Neelam's. And then Robert Duplichan says Sony and Jarvis. I mean, if we could pull off Sony and Jarvis, absolutely. I just don't see that being in the cards. But again, if that's a move that the Saints could could pull off, I don't I don't know how the Tyron Matthew move affected cap space. I don't know what they're looking at having money left over. But yeah, if you could get both, obviously. That's that's a no-brainer. It's an easy decision. we got a lot to talk about today once again. Coming up after this timeout, Ryan Shumpert of Rocky Top Insider is going to join us for an in-depth look at Saints' new corner, Elante Taylor. But before we do that, let me remind you about the Cajun Heartland State Fair. 
which is coming up very soon, end of May. And the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with ride tickets for the Cajun Heartland State Fair at the Cajun Dome. It's May 26th to June 5th. All you have to do is text CHSF to 68683 to win a family four-pack of ride tickets. Well, that's once again CHSF to 68683 to win a family four-pack of ride tickets to the Cajun Heartland State Fair. Let's go back to the game hotline before we take a timeout. Martin joins the show. What's going on, Martin? Happy Friday. Hey, happy Friday. And I want to tell both of y'all, uh, I wish both of y'all moms a happy Mother's Day weekend, buddy. Uh, Thank you, Martin. I appreciate that. But um, uh, back to the UFC and Charles Oliveira not making weight. Uh, one other name that you, uh, you didn't mention, too, and I would – Love to see. I think it'd be an intriguing fight. Is uh, Dustin Poirier and Islam, and I'm gonna probably butcher his last name, but uh, Makachev or Makachev. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, he's uh, he's trained by Khabib, which uh, I think maybe we see that fight. Maybe for the uh, if Oliveira wins and Michael Chance uh, Gaethje loses Saturday, but. Uh, I think that's another fight to kind of watch. Watch for he's been on the uprise, but uh, I think that would be another good fight. But yeah, I just wanted to chime in, man. Appreciate you, Martin. All right, y'all have a good weekend. You too, man. Okay, bye. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that kid that, that's trained by Khabib. That I never, I never even looked at that. That could be a, a great opponent for Dustin Poirier. Ryan Shumpert of Rocky Top Insider will join us on the other side of this timeout. Crush time with me, guys, and Mesh on the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles at a Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Matt Miguez here, James Mesh pushing all the buttons, co-host with the most, like always. We talked about DeMarco Jackson at length the other day with David Ware. Now it's time to sit down and talk about Elante Taylor, the second-round corner out of Tennessee that is poised to do some damage. In, in this New Orleans secondary, Ryan Shumpert of the Rocky Top Insider joins us to discuss Alante's college career and what he's going to bring to the table in the black and gold. Ryan, good afternoon, man. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Man, doing great. We we are ready for this crazy weekend in in Louisiana sports. But man, I want to start talking about you know first give give our listeners a, a bit of background on on yourself and your career. Yeah, so uh, like you said, Ryan Shumpert worked for Rocky Top Insider. I'm a, a senior at UT Knoxville. Actually, uh, just finished up one of my last classes of college this morning and have been hitting the road, headed up to Lexington to cover the baseball series. So I cover men's, women's basketball, football, baseball, and uh, had, a, had a chance to cover, cover the last three years of Elante Taylor's career in Knoxville and really 
followed it from the time he was a recruit, um, as we kind of both got to Tennessee at the same time. So I'm a, so I'm gonna offer my congratulations to you for for finishing your your last college class today. I I finished my last college class this morning as well. Um, so how about that? Yeah, su- super excited about that. But you know, talk talk to me about Alante Taylor, six foot, one hundred ninety nine pounds, ran a super fast forty. And when I was watching his film, man, he just knows how to punish receivers. He does, and it's been cool to watch because he's a guy who came in he's from a small town, Coffee County uh, High School in, in Tennessee, Manchester, Tennessee, was a quarterback on that team, not very high level of high school football, came to Tennessee, didn't know if he was going to be a receiver or defensive back, ends up a defensive back and a uh, cornerback, and like you said, kind of with the 40 time, with his weight and measurables, a lot of good stuff there, but it's been slow for him kind of putting things together, and I think we saw the full version of that and by far his best college season this past year where he was just a lot more consistent defensively and you mentioned punishing receivers his physicality is probably one of his greatest strengths and I think his ability his instincts really improved this past year and his ability to make plays down the field and also in the run game really stood out and made him effective for Tennessee this fall. Talk to me about his energy you know watching his tape and and watching you know just the way he reacted to to getting selected by the Saints he just seems like a very amped up, high energy guy, you know. And, and how does that, how does that translate into his game? He he, a hundred percent is, and he was one of the leaders of Tennessee's team last year. I mean, obviously, I don't know how much you guys know about it, but when Jeremy Pruitt got fired, tons of turnover. Tennessee had over thirty guys into the transfer portal, and Taylor was kind of one of the guys that not only stood or stayed at Tennessee, but was extremely outspoken and getting behind Heupel, getting behind the new new coaching staff. And his energy was, was really radiant on the football field, and it really shone through at all times. And I think uh, I wasn't watching draft, was covering baseball when it happened, but I think uh, I heard that ESPN made some notes of, or made comment about his, what a good special teams player he is, and I think that's one way that it really shows up. Even as a veteran, uh, still played some on special teams at Tennessee, very high energy, uh, making plays there. And when I think of players who can – they aren't surefire first picks who can translate to the next level and bring energy. That's one of the first things I think about guys being willing to play special teams and play them at a high level, and Lante Taylor certainly that. Ryan Shumpert of Rocky Top Insider joining us here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. You know, you hit on it, Ryan. He, he, he was able to play special teams quite a bit throughout his college career. Another thing that I noticed is that he plays corner and safety. You know, where do you, where do you think he's a better player? Where do you think he fits in better for the New Orleans Saints? I couldn't really speak to the Saints as much just because I don't know uh, their roster inside and out. And definitely more of a corner. Uh, played a lot more corner at Tennessee than he did safety. But at the same time, I think he has a lot of natural safety skills. And when you look at where he struggled at at corner, sometimes finding the ball in coverage, the true man-to-man stuff, Tennessee played a lot of zone this year, which I think was a reason that he was a little bit better and a little bit more consistent. And I think a move to safety could potentially uh, bode well for his skill set. But at the same time, he's played significantly, significantly more corner in college. And, and like I said, he didn't really have a whole lot of experience on the defensive side of the ball coming into college. So uh, I'd expect him, uh, at least at the offset, to, to be a corner. Talk to me about Alante off the field. You know, you talked about him being vocal in the locker room. What kind of person is he? What kind of attitude and mentality is he bringing to New Orleans? 
really good guy and a guy that was, was really fun to cover and, and be around and spend some time talking to. Very high energy, and he, he definitely had that vibe of, of kind of, like I said, small-town Tennessee playing in the SEC, playing it in Tennessee was, was certainly a big dream come true for him, and it seemed like he always appreciated that opportunity that he had, and he's a guy that you know, pulled out, didn't play in the in the bowl game because he'd been banged up at the end of the year, wanted to focus on the draft, and I think more than anything I could say, you just look at kind of some of his former teammates' reaction to him getting drafted maybe a little bit earlier than expected and how uh, happy uh, everyone around the Tennessee program was and, and a lot of guys that have moved on from the Tennessee program were for him, I think, say a lot about Alante's character. Yeah, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. You talked about Alante getting drafted earlier than a lot of people thought. He was projected, you know, late third, early fourth. Some people even had him in the fifth, and, and the Saints, the Saints select him in the second. Do you think having having covered him? Do you think that that's a reach? I do. I do think it's a little bit of a reach, and I, I say that. And you know, I, I'm not an NFL draft expert, and it does seem like a lot of corners were going in the second round around the time. The Saints took Alante, so I can understand them being aggressive in getting him. But I was like you, kind of expected third or fourth round pick. And, and again, I'm not an NFL draft expert. You guys all project to the next level, but he was certainly a guy that I thought was probably a later third round pick. Unrelated question, but you told me that you're heading up to Lexington to cover Tennessee and, and Kentucky. Man, Tennessee season this year. Just the way that they've been able to build off of last year to be the number one team in America. How fun has it been to, to cover that group? It's been crazy, and last season, last year was in the cover. They won nine games on walk-off, five on home runs. Obviously, the Drew Gilbert Grand Slam in the regional against Wright State was the kind of the one that made uh, a national news. But a Tennessee program, baseball program that was not very good for a long time before Tony Vitello got there, and for them to do what they did last year, and I think with, with what they lost, myself and, and basically everyone else expected them to take a, a step back. And no step back, they've been incredible, and it's been an incredible ride to cover. And uh, probably their worst game of the year they played last night. I wasn't able to head up because of that class I mentioned this morning, but happy to be up here uh, covering the rest of the series, and it should be a, a pretty fun ride the next next month to six weeks as they try to make it back to Omaha. Ryan Shumpert of Rocky Top Insider has been our guest. Ryan, really appreciate you taking the time. Be safe on the roads. Congrats on graduating, and uh, thank you for taking the time. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, good luck with everything y'all got going on this weekend. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Ryan Shumpert of Rocky Top Insider. Let's update the poll question before we take another timeout. As always, phone lines are open, 706-0111. What other veteran would you like the Saints to sign? Jarvis, Sony Michelle, Devontae Booker, other only 5% for Devontae Booker. That's kind of surprising. Because he's a bomb. James, you just don't like him. He's he's not good. You just don't like I him. I was hopeful for him in Denver, but he made like one highlight play. And that was when he hurdled a Colt player, I think. And that was on a Thursday night football game. That's like the only good thing I, I remember him ever doing. And he's been in the league for like five years. Hey, he averaged four yards a carry last year. On how many carries? 145. Uh, how many touchdowns? Two. Oh, okay. Yeah, now the, now the, we're getting... The, now the touchdown number is great. Now we're getting to the league. But uh, I, 
I think he could be a serviceable running back, which I think is but really all the Saints a, are looking for. Would you could get a better serviceable one? Is, is, would, would you would you say Sony Michelle is better? Yeah. Okay. He put in work in the Super Bowl. He put in work for the playoffs for the Rams before the Super Bowl. All right. He, like I said, he's got the experience. He's done it twice. Hey, you're not wrong. You're not wrong on the experience thing for sure. Twenty-one percent of you say Sony Michelle, and sixty-eight percent say Jarvis Landry. He's the clear favorite for for obvious obvious reasons. Let's take a timeout right here, and when we return, Cajuns baseball back home at the Teague. Finally, we'll preview that series with UTA, and once again, take your phone call seven zero six zero one 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 here on the game one zero three seven Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles at a Southwest Louisiana sports station. Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to take you out to the ball game. It's our latest Astros weekend getaway. The Houston Astros take on the Texas Rangers on May 21st, and you, yes you, can be there. All you got to do is register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a ballpark tour, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, Lay Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. 434 here on this Friday fun show. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, as a reminder, the show does end at 5.30 today due to LSU pregame. LSU's first pitch in Titletown is at 6. Pregame will start at 5.30, and you can listen to it right here on the game. Let's talk some Cajuns real quick, though. Three-game series with UTA this weekend. They're going to meet for the final time as both teams being members of the Sunbelt Conference as UTA next year will join the WAC. Tonight at 6, tomorrow at 4, Sunday at 1. Tonight's pitching matchup for the Cajuns is going to be left-hander Brandon Talley, 3-2 and two on the year with a 3.76 ERA. And for the Mavericks, it is going to be right-hander Tanner King, who is 2-4 for four with a 4.30 ERA. You can catch all three games streaming live on ESPN+. And it's going to be good for the Cajuns to get back home to the friendly confines of, of the Teague. Uh, really cool thing they're going to do tonight. It's the 50th anniversary of the Cajuns' 1972 Southland Conference Championship team. So they're going to honor the team tonight and throw out the ceremonial first pitch. So that'll be fun. Uh, tomorrow, there's going to be... Tomorrow's the strikeout for strokes game. And then Sunday, obviously with it being mother's day, the mothers are going to throw out the first pitches to their sons that play on the team. So that'll be pretty cool. Uh, Cajuns are 25 and 17, 14 and seven on the Sun Belt. in the Sun Belt, They've gone five and two. They went five and two on their recent seven game road trip. And they return home for the first time since Easter. The Cajuns are currently three games behind league leader Texas State and one game behind second place Georgia Southern. Let's go to the hotline. Jamie's dialing in. Jamie, happy Friday, my man. What's going on? 
Hey, good afternoon, Mr. Miguez. Uh, looking forward to tonight's game. I'm actually going to be there, so that's pretty cool. But uh wanted to go on on the poll question and say something that's going to tick off our Lake Charles listeners. So I'll go with that first. I'm a proud Northwestern State alum, and uh, my demons have the rooms, guys. Sorry, Lake Charles. Y'all ain't getting this. Y'all ain't getting this series. All right, that's my trash talk. Um, Love that. I, I think uh, Sony Michelle's probably the best fit. Uh, as much as I would love to get juice, we're good on wide receiver. Um, and with, well, I'd say we're, I'm a Buccaneers fan, but anyway, y'all know what I mean. Uh, they're good on wide receiver. They're pretty good with, uh, with running back too, but it doesn't hurt to have an extra, especially if Kamara's gonna be suspended for a lengthy amount of time, which will probably happen because it's the NFL commissioner and it's the Saints. I mean, he could look at the commissioner wrong and get a full season suspension. So, I mean, it is what it is. So, uh, I'll be rooting on the Cajuns tonight. Uh, McNeese, sorry, y'all, yep, sorry. And, uh, we'll see what happens with, uh, with the Saints. Appreciate you, Jamie. Oh, man. He, he said, I'm going I'm to tick off the people at Lake Charles. Then he goes, McNeese, y'all ain't having that series. That's my trash talk. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's going to be a big series, by the way. Uh, we'll dive into it a little later, but that that's going to be that's going to be one of the bigger series that, that McNeese has played this year. Three games set at home, conference implications. And things can get interesting there, and, and not to mention, I mean, in-state rivals. So that's always fun. Back to Cajuns baseball, currently four players are hitting over four over 300 for the Cajuns. Carson Rockefort, Connor Kemple, Tyler Robertson, and Heath Hood. Julian Brock hitting 297 on the year, but he hit 391 in the month of April. The Cajuns are ranked second in the Sun Belt in pitching ERA, and they look to stay hot against a struggling UT Arlington team who is 14-31, and 6-15 in the belt. They are two and eighteen away from home. They've won two road road games this year. That is that is not a great winning percentage on the road. Uh, looking at their hitting statistics, Zach Henry is their hitting leader, three twenty one. He's got eight doubles, one triple, four homers, and fourteen RBIs. And then you know you got a lot of guys hanging a little bit above two fifty, two fifty six, two sixty five, two eighty six. They don't hit the ball super well um, as a team. They've got a batting average of 251 while their opponents are hitting 294 as a team. They're pitching, looking at their their starter tonight. Tanner King, he's got a 4.30 ERA. He's 2 and 4 on the year like I said. He's walked 12, struck out 58, has given up 30 runs on the year. This is a series that the Cajuns should sweep. This is a series that the Cajuns should sweep pretty easily. And in terms of RPI, they're going to need every win possible. Because the one downside of the RPI, and I've talked about this before, the one downside of the RPI is even when you win against a bad team, it hurts. It hurts you. Their RPI is not good. If you look at the RPI rankings as of today, the Cajuns sit at 46, while... UT Arlington is 
way down there. I mean, way down there. 245. Way down there. Uh, so losses to this team would would, al- would almost ruin your chances at a, at an at-large bid. I mean, they're the last place team in the Sun Belt. They, they probably won't even make the Sun Belt Conference Tournament at this rate. Uh, so the Cajuns need all the wins that they can get this weekend. James, do you see them sweeping the Mavs at home this weekend? I could definitely see it. I, the RPI, when you were talking about that, how it's like even if you win against a bad team, well, I mean, you get ah, th- that just look look at it. Think think about last week. You 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 beat App State two out of three, mm-hmm. and you dropped ten spots. You won the series on the road, which is supposed to help your RPI. But yet their RPI was so bad that you dropped 10 spots. Yeah, it's it's not great. It's not great. I guess. Um I don't know. I just I just I guess when when I hear something like that where it's like even when you win, you still lose. Oh yeah. It, like, it, that, I, it's it's the one but, downside to the to the RPI system. That just that just irks me to the core. Yeah, it's not it's not great. It's not great. Again, 245 in the RPI, 14 and 31 on the year. The Cajuns really can't afford to lose one because, you know, next weekend you go to you go to Texas State who in the RPI is sitting at they got to be in the top 60 unless they they fell off here in the last couple of weeks. I might be overlooking them. But they've been high up. They're, they were ranked just a few weeks ago. Um, so that's a big series for the Cajuns. They're leading the, they're leading the Sun Belt right now is, uh, is Texas State. They're sitting at 42 in the RPI. So 42 and 46, if the Cajuns can keep it somewhere in the 50s, even, even after falling this weekend, because it's going to happen, you could be in great shape to make a good run at Texas State and put yourself firmly into that at-large conversation because I think they're in it right now. Uh, D1 Baseball recently had him as a three-seed in Hattiesburg with North Carolina State, Campbell, and Southern Miss. I, I think that's a fair regional. I think that's a regional the Cajuns could win. But what it's going to come down to is is with these last 12 games, you play a three-game set with UTA, you play a three-game set with Texas State, you play a three-game set with, I want to say, Little Rock is your last series. Yeah, Little Rock. And then you've got two games on a weeknight against Rice and a game against Nichols. So that's your last 12 games of the year. You're going to have to win at least nine, maybe ten, out of the next 12 if you want to put yourself firmly in that conversation of an at-large bid and then hope to have a run in, in, in the conference tournament. So we'll see what happens. Things are going to get interesting. In May, college baseball, it always gets very, very interesting. Take a time out right here when we return. We'll talk Astros, recap their 3-2 to, to win last night, preview tonight's game, and we'll get you set for a big, shortened, Second hour of Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh right here on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles at a Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. May 6, 1915. Future Baseball Hall of Fame slugger Babe Ruth hits his first Major League home run while also pitching 12 innings for the Boston Red Sox in a 4-3 extra innings loss to the New York Yankees. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. After a two-year hiatus, the Bro Bridge Crawfish Festival is returning this weekend to the festival grounds of Bro Bridge. General admission tickets range from five to ten dollars, and you can buy a three-day pass for fifteen. The musical lineup includes Wayne Toops, Chubby Carrier, and the Bayou Swamp Band, Gerald Grunig, and Gentilly Zydeco, Sweet Cecilia, and many, many more. Great food, great music, and great times at the Bro Bridge Crawfish Festival. For more information, visit www.bbcrawfest.com. James, you ever been to the Crawfish Festival? No, I have not. It is a great time. I feel like it would be a great time. It's a great time. There's crawfish, so it would be a great time. Just just by itself. And not only crawfish, crawfish in many ways. Etouffee. Etouffee, fettuccine, boiled, fried on a pole boy. There's crawfish in many ways. So it's a good time, Craw- you- like a, like how it would be like a crab cake or a right. crab burger, right? Craw- crawfish burger, yeah. I, I could I I don't know if I've ever seen that, but that's something. Crawfish cake. Hmm. Did we just come up with something? I think I did. That might that might be a good business idea. Oh. You and I could go into business together. <laughs> while while I got you, man, what what what's the plans for the weekend? What you what you doing this weekend? Well. I will be writing a recap for LSU. Yeah. Big game tomorrow against Alabama. Yeah, I'll be doing that tonight. Oh, you're doing that tonight? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I have tonight, so that way I have the weekend off. We're going to celebrate Mother's Day and my sister's birthday tomorrow Solid. For, for lunch. Solid. We're going to go to BJ's. Solid. Great restaurant. It is. Great it, restaurant. It's really good every time I've gone. Every time, really good. Like it, it, there is, there is no bad. Time. And there's, and there's so much on the menu. Like everybody can eat. It's a, pr- it's a pretty solid. Like th- there's so much variety to it. It's, it's great. great. It's great. Jinx. <laughs> Pinch book. You owe me a coke. Uh, um, yeah, you know th- this weekend's gonna be pretty laid back for me too. I'm working the Cajuns game tonight, and then I've got the rest of the weekend off. Uh, I think tomorrow, City Park in New Orleans. Has a 36-hole putt-putt course. Ooh. Might go try that out tomorrow. That might be exhausting. Um, You know, celebrate school ending. Might, might, go, might go play some putt-putt because I love playing putt-putt. Putt-putt is fun. Um, and I'm uberly competitive, as is my fiancé. So putt-putt with the two of us is the same. It's a great time. It's a great time. Um, but no, man, let's talk about the Astros. Because what a win last night. I mean, three to two, you win it on a walk-off single by Kyle Tucker after Jordan Alvarez. He's been popping up a lot. Oh, dude, Kyle Tucker's he is he is a special player. I remember a couple years ago when he was in the minors, people kept saying, you know, watch out, this kid's gonna be, you know. He's going to be fantastic for this franchise for years to come. And his first year, he really struggled. But ever since then, man, 
he has been the real deal. Uh, but, you know, Jordan Alvarez had a base running error earlier in the inning that almost sent it to extras. And then how can you not say enough about Jeremy Pena? I mean, early candidate for rookie of the year. That's already his fifth homer of the year. Already home run number five. And you are only in May. You're 26 games into the year. And he's already got five home runs as a rookie. Six home runs. I'm sorry. I, I was shortening him one. That's six. 15 RBIs already. An OPS of 802. I don't, I don't know if the Houston Astros are missing Carlos Correa all that much. I really, I don't know. I don't think they're missing him too much, which is... Who? Carlos Correa. Who? The Astros. Who? Oh, I get what you're doing. Okay. I was I was very confused <laughs> for a second. I was like, are your headphones not working or... I was waiting for you to get it. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I got it now. All right, third, third time's a charm. Real quickly, because I, I don't know a, a whole lot about it. Looking at the names of the horses. Oh, my. For the Kentucky Derby tomorrow. Look, if I'm going to bet on any of them, I, I was trying to look it up. Where, who are the, what are the names? What are the names? If you go, there's a CBS Sports link. Look, I'll I'll share it with you real quick. Um, because if I were to pick someone, or, or that's that's my fault. Horse, I put you I, I I put you on the spot there. I would, I would probably just pick one with the coolest name. So I'll read you. I'll read you the names real quick. Um, there's a lot of them though, so bear with me. Mo Donegal, Happy Jack, Epicenter, Summer is Tomorrow. Oh my god. Smile Happy, Messier, Crown Pride, Charge It, Tis the Bomb, Zandon, who by the way is one of the favorites. He's got odds of three to one. Pioneer of Medina, Tabia. Simplification, Barber Road, White Abaro, Cyberknife, Classic Causeway, Tawny Port, Zozos, and Ethereal Road. I like Cyberknife. Cyberknife's got 20 to 1 odds, so he can make you some money. Cyberknife and what was the one? Uh, It was like two, two the something? Tis the Bomb. Tis the Bomb. He's got 30 to 1 odds. So he could really make you some money. I mean, ten bucks wins you three hundred. Come on, man! I'll do it. That's easy. If and I know if I know anything about horse races, like I do, right from from, G, from GTA Five horse races, because I know so much about the horse racing. I do. I do know about it for the from Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, the at least at least what they do. I mean, it's more often than not the odds on favor, but. If you do it like every fifth or sixth time on like a eight to one or something, right? You, your your streak just goes crazy. Hey, seven to two odds for epicenter. Epicenter. Okay. That's probably your safe bet. Uh, but but who who wants to be safe nowadays? We're going we're going cyber snake. Cyber knife. Cyber knife. Yeah, I think cyber snake would be cooler though. Cyber snake would be cooler. You I'd, get the alliteration. I, I don't disagree with you. Hour number two, we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk LSU baseball with Cokie Riley of the Daily Advertiser, and we're also going to preview a little bit of McNeese, Cajun softball, 
and the NBA playoffs. James, we're, we're going to get his thoughts on his Celtics tomorrow, as well as a mega matchup between Ja Morant and Steph Curry. Before we do that, though, let's take the time to check the poll question one last time in our number one. What other veteran player would you like the Saints to sign? Jarvis Landry, Sony Michelle, Devontae Booker, or other on Facebook? Again, Jarvis 100%, Jarvis and Sony. And then on Twitter, the, the votes are kind of staying the same. Everybody wants Jarvis Landry. 60% say Jarvis Landry, 28% say Sony Michelle, 4% say Devontae Booker, and 8% say other. And again, the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you will have the opportunity to win some excellent prizes, like a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. We want to help you take your lady out for some delicious seafood. However, the only way to win that gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House is by joining the game clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So go sign up today. Hour number two on the other side of this top of the hour sports update. Crunch time with me guys and Mesh here on the game. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two of two. Technically, today is an hour and 30, but Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. The reason we're getting off the air 30 minutes early is because of the LSU Tigers. As the 20th ranked Tigers are in Tuscaloosa, Alabama for a three-game set with Alabama. Tonight at 6, tomorrow at 7.30, and Sunday at 1. Here to preview the series and to talk about the team is the LSU beat reporter for the Daily Advertiser, Mr. Koki Riley. Koki, good afternoon. Happy Friday. How are you? Thanks for having me on again, Matt. Thanks for having me on. No, man, absolutely. Appreciate you taking the time. So on, on the surface, just talk to me about this series between the Tigers and the Tide. Yeah, this is this could be a fairly interesting series. Um, Alabama has sort of struggled in recent weeks. They just got swept by South Carolina. Uh, they lost two out of three to Georgia, and before that they lost two out of three to Tennessee, but everyone's losing to Tennessee these days, so that's not that too too bad um, of a series result. But, yeah, this Bama team has been scuffling a little bit, um, falling down those SEC West uh standings just a bit um it it seems to me at least that uh pitching wise bama has actually been okay this season they're they're behind lsu for in fifth in uh team era but offensively they've struggled i mean only 281 team batting average um i it's i i head into the series believing that lsu is most likely the better team and um especially given just given the way that they're playing and we can kind of get into that um moving forward in this conversation yeah you know bama you you kind of mentioned that they they've kind of struggled here as of late 25 and 20 they're 9 and 12 in the sec one thing that i want to ask you that that came across twitter in in the last 30 minutes or so is that gavin duga was seen 
participating in batting practice. How important would it be for, for Jay Johnson to have Duga back in the lineup? Yeah, having Duga back in the lineup would, would certainly help them. It would certainly help them uh, deepen an LSU lineup that has already that is that has consistently played well over the last few weeks. I guess one of the few problems that they have had is just sort of the lack of um, consistent production with runners in scoring position. There's there's been uh, quite a few times where they've uh, left left guys on base, but they've certainly done enough offensively um, at least um, to to generate. Uh, to generate runs over the last few weeks, Josh Pearson sort of stepped up, stepped up in that leadoff role. Uh, Jacob Barry and Dylan Cruz are arguably two of the better hitters in the, in the entire country. Um, offensively, it isn't their problem, so I, I think Dugas will certainly help them in terms of lengthening out, lengthening out that lineup. But they've been getting contributions from a whole bunch of different guys, uh, even outside of guys like Pearson and Trey Morgan and Barry and Cruz. Chatting with Koki Riley of the Daily Advertiser here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Koki, looking at the pitchers, Mikael Hilliard especially, man, he has just been outstanding for this team in 53 innings of work. He's got a 3.57 ERA. Talk to me about him and how he's just been able to kind of take over the reins of this pitching staff. Yeah, Hilliard has been sort of the key that's unlocked this pitching staff, I think, because Blake Money was originally slated as the top starter for this team. He has struggled since the start of SEC play pretty mightily um, to the point where I, I believe Jay Johnson even suggested this week that Money might not get the Saturday start even um, for LSU. And I think the combination of Hilliard and Sam Dutton, who started the last few Sundays, uh, they have both kind of given LSU some sort of starting stability to go along with a bullpen that's pitched really well for most of the season. So, I mean, if it, the way Hilliard's pitching, it combined with, with Dutton's three, four quality innings, they might be able to get enough starting pitching uh, for this team heading into the playoffs. So that's really, really huge. Um, especially, I mean, any pitching for a team that's this good offensively is going to help. So um, Hilliard's been absolutely key. I totally agree with you. You know, they, they've still got a good bit of baseball to, to play the, with a month left in the year. They still have to play Ole Miss. They still have to play Vanderbilt. And then they still have to go through the SEC tournament. But, you know, a lot of teams are, a lot of people are talking about the possibilities of, of LSU hosting a regional in a couple weeks. Where, where do you see them fitting in in that conversation? Um, if they can win these next two series and at least take a game from Vanderbilt, have a decent showing in the SEC tournament, I think it's very possible that they host a region. Uh, I, I just feel like they've they've figured some out, some things out defensively. They've smoothened uh, that big weakness out at least a little bit. They still lead the SEC in, in errors by quite a bit, but it's but it's been better in recent in recent series. Um, that combined with some of the starting pitching stuff we were just talking about, I, I I can't see why they can't win this series and they can't win the Ole Miss series. And if they can do those do those do those two things. Heck, they could. I would probably uh, bet more towards them sweeping those those two matchups instead of losing them. Um, then, I mean, just based on the math and how many wins they're going to have at that point, then the, then they have a really good ch- shot at hosting a region. I mean, they're already in that position right now, at least according to uh, most of the predictive measure measures that we're that we're all seeing online. So, 
I don't know. I, I feel like this team has a really good shot of hosting a region, and, and that's not something I would have been as confident in saying even a couple weeks ago. Chat with Cookie Riley here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. All right, Cookie, doing your research on Alabama, what do they do well that could give the Tigers uh, some issues this weekend? Well, they have a couple guys at the plate that um, LSU should at least be wary of. Andrew Pickney hitting 314 this season, 916 OPS. He's been easily their strongest hitter on the season. Uh, there's, there's Zane Denton. He has 11 home runs this season. The only player on the on on this uh, tight offense that is that is that is that's in the double digits with home runs. Um, th- their pitching isn't spectacular, even though it is fifth in the SEC. Uh, Hunter Hopes has been spectacular out of the bullpen, 2.25 ERA in 15 appearances. But I, I I've got to say I think it, I, I I think LSU is not only the stronger team offensively, they might they might also be the stronger team on the mound as well. So I don't know if, if LSU can just keep on doing what they're doing. If there's I don't really see a reason why they can't win this series fairly easily. To be totally honest with you, like I said earlier, I mean the Spamba team they've lost seven of their last nine games um, against SEC competition, including getting swept by South Carolina most recently. Even they're even in that stretch, they lost a midweek game to UAB. So I, I just feel like LSU is the better team, and just given the way that they're rolling right now, and I've written about this a couple times, that I, I just can't see why they can't um, win the series fairly easily. All right, Koki, I got two more for you. One is a football question, and one is a women's basketball question. Uh, football getting Anthony Bradford back on the team. What do you think that does to, to kind of revitalize the offensive line that Brian Kelly talked about at the spring game needs some work? Well, it adds more depth to an offensive line that is going to have maybe even more, I guess, reinforcements heading into the fall, right? Because you mentioned Bradford, right? And then there's also going to be Emory Jones, who's going to be available. Um, he didn't enroll early in the spring, so he'll be available at that point uh, in the fall. There's also just the just the possibility of them adding another player from the transfer portal. Uh, they still have two more available scholarships to use there, so it's going to be really interesting as the just to see if that starting unit they had um, that starting unit they had toward the end of the spring with Will Campbell at left tackle, Trey Munch Shorts at left guard. Charles Turner at center, Miles Frazier at right guard, and Cam Wire at right tackle. Like it's, I'll be interested to see if that unit holds up once we once we get the September fourth against Florida State. But I think for now, it's a. I, I would I would bet that um, that lineup could get shaken up just from Jones and Bradford, as you said, and the, and just the possibility of them adding another player from the portal. So it, it should be interesting to see. And then lastly, Angel Reese from Maryland transferring to LSU in, in Kim Mulkey's staff. She was the number one unsigned transfer, according to ESPN. She was the number two recruit coming out of high school. Kim Mulkey already had you know a, a great team put together, and she had built one here in the transfer portal so far this offseason. But to add a proven scorer and rebounder like Reese – you know, just talk about what what that does to Kim Mulkey's team. 
I mean, it's huge. It's it it, it to, to, they needed that extra boost of we can give the ball in their hands and she can go to work. They needed that. They needed that one. They needed that top scorer, that star level of player, um, because I, I without Caleb Pointer, they didn't really have anyone to sort of drive the offense. At least, from a, I mean, maybe Flo J. Johnson could do that someday, but she'll all be a freshman this season. Um, so I, I think she's absolutely huge, and she also fits perfectly in the way that Kim Mulkey wants to play. I mean, Kim Mulkey's Baylor teams were very focused on size and dominating the glass and and just being physically imposing and um and, and she definitely fits that bill so I, I feel like that this is a, that was a giant addition for LSU um and I it, I, I mean it, it just kind of speaks volumes as to uh, the impact Kim Mulkey has had on this program because the, they were Angel Reese is not the sort of player that they would be bringing in in years past, a player of that caliber. I mean, she was the number two player in the country in the 2020 class. That's a class that includes Caitlin Clark and Paige Beckers. Paige Beckers was actually number one. So it's it's a massive, massive impact addition, and she's the sort of player that can, that can drive them past the round of 32, the Sweet 16, the NCAA tournament, if everything else um, goes according to plan. And, you know, they already had the roster. They already had the depth in the roster. They, they brought in uh, four other impact transfers. Um, I mentioned Flo J. Johnson. Like, it, they've, they've had a, a productive offseason, but they haven't added that, that big star name player. That's someone who can sort of replace the Caleb Pointer production. And I, I, I think, um, and, and I, I, I just, I really think Reese is the perfect person to sort of fill in that role, even though she is a different player, of course. Koki Riley of the Daily Advertiser has been our guest. Koki, I really appreciate you taking the time, uh, and hopefully we can talk soon after a Tigers series win over the Tide. Awesome. Thanks so much, Matt. Koki Riley of the Daily Advertiser. As a reminder, the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles would like to hook you up with ride tickets for the Cajun Heartland State Fair at the Cajun Dome, May 26th to June 5th. Text CH. SF to 68683 to win a family four-pack of ride tickets for the Cajun Heartland State Fair. That's CHSF to 68683 to win a family four-pack of ride tickets to the Cajun Heartland State Fair. NBA playoffs conversation, McNeese baseball preview, and a little bit of Cajun softball talk. On the other side of this timeout, crunch time with Miguez and Mesh. You're listening to the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, and it is Southwest Louisiana's sports station. They could debate who should win the MVP, but they'd rather argue who has the best hair in sports talk radio. We just wash the hair. You know, I worked on my hair a long time, and you, and you hit it. It hits my hair. Now back to more of the stylish crunch time with Miguez and Mash here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 
and you, 706-0111, if you want to chime in before we mosey on out of here and make way for the LSU Tigers. What other veteran player would you like the Saints to sign? Jarvis Landry, Sony Michelle, Devontae Booker? Is it other? So far, 57% say Jarvis Landry, 32% say Sony Michelle, 3% are in favor of Devontae Booker. And I got a comment from Ton. Either Landry or Michelle. Honestly, either would be great. James, in a dream scenario, which one would you take? Do I get both, or I have to pick one? I mean, I guess it's a dream scenario, so you could you could make it however you want. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, that's how dream scenarios work. Dream scenario, you bring back Quan, you get Odell and Jarvis all on stupid cheap deals, and then you also get Sony Michelle, because why not? Okay, so Super Bowl, here we come. <laughs> so Rams 2.0? Right. That, that's what it's sounding like. It is. Yeah. Um, kind of took their blueprint. I mean, it's a good blueprint to take. Yeah, I mean, it, it won. It they, won them did, the Super Bowl. Did they not win the Super Bowl? It, it won them the Super Bowl. So I mean, that is a that is a good blueprint to uh, to dive into. Let's talk some McNeese Cowboys. Twenty six and nineteen on the year. Eleven and seven in the Southland. They are twenty one and twelve at home. Only five and seven on the road. They've only played twelve road games this year out of forty five. That is insane. They played that many road games? Twelve. Wow. Yep. I thought it would have been single digits. Nope. Because every time I look at the schedule, it just says next game, Joe Miller ballpark. And they're gonna play three more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they will. They're gonna play three more home, three more on the road to end the season. Uh but they got Northwestern State this weekend at home. And Northwestern State, you know, they are 21 and 23 overall. But if you look at who they've played, they've played the Cajuns. They've played Oklahoma, Nebraska, Grambling, UNO, Incarnate Word, Nichols Tech, Southeastern Tech again. Like they've LSU. Well, no, they haven't played LSU yet. Um, but they've they've played some quality opponents. They're nine and nine in, in the Southland. They're sixteen and eight at home, four and eleven on the road. And if you look at their hitting statistics, their hitting numbers aren't great. As a team, they're hitting two forty three. Uh, their leader is Larson Fontenot at two eighty three. He's got three doubles, one triple, three homers, and twenty two RBIs. Their RBI leader is Bo Willis. At 224, he's got seven homers and 31 RBIs. And then your home run leader is Jeffrey Elkins, nine homers and 25 RBIs. Some people might remember that name, Jeffrey Elkins, played at Ascension Episcopal and was a transfer from the Raging Cajuns. Also, Cajun softball at at ULM this weekend for a three-game set. They were supposed to play last night, tonight, and tomorrow, but due to the weather that rolled in last night, they postponed last night's game. They're going to play tonight at 6, and then a doubleheader tomorrow. So looking at the Sun Belt, it's down to the Cajuns in South Alabama for the Sun Belt title. South Alabama has played five less games than the Cajuns. So basically, one of two scenarios. 
South Alabama sweeps, the Cajuns have to sweep. But if South Alabama loses one game, all the Cajuns have to do is win one. If South Alabama drops one game and the Cajuns win one, the Cajuns will be the regular season Sunbelt champs. So I have a feeling that Jerry Glasgow, when he's not sitting in the dugout coaching the Cajuns, he's going to be keeping a very close eye on what's happening in Troy between the Jags and the Trojans. James Mesh, NBA playoffs. You got Miami and Philadelphia tonight, Phoenix and Dallas tonight. What's going down? I think the I'm – I'm trying to remember. The Mavs. I was trying to remember their team name for a second. I think the Mavs will show a little resistance. I think they will get one game. Okay. Do you think it's tonight? I think it is going to be tonight. Interesting. I think they'll take one tonight, but with Embiid probably going to be out to, tonight for the Sixers, I think it's it's pretty much going to be a clean sweep almost. Maybe a gentleman's sweep. You never know. But I think they take the commanding 3-0 lead in this one for the Heat. Yeah, I mean, without Joel Embiid, I mean, it's really hard for Phoenix, I mean, Philadelphia to really do anything, right? And Harden's been playing like a bum. And then tomorrow you got Golden State Memphis, which has proven to be everything you want out of a playoff oh. series and then some. Oh, man. The, the fact that they had words between each other after the first game mm-hmm. and the second game, it's like, okay. This it one is, this one feels like it's going to go 7. There's a reason that one is the night game tomorrow night. Oh yeah, no doubt. There is a reason. And then Milwaukee Boston, I'll I'll let you have the floor. What do you Celtics got to do to take a 2-1 lead, man? They got to attack the paint. I don't the these drives and kicks, they'll only be able to do so much. At a certain point, you're going to have to put the pressure on them and if they're going to get aggressive with you, you got to try and draw some fouls because if they're just going to out muscle you like I saw with Giannis did a little bit with everybody on the Celtics team it, it's not going to look good you got to attack the paint you got to put pressure on people like Brooke Lopez try and get three or four fouls on Drew Holiday to maybe have him back off a little bit if you want because sometimes he does get handsy Giannis if you can force him to get into foul trouble that'll put you in a really good position so just settling for threes or just doing drive and kick threes, to me, that'll only get you so far. Also, after seeing the second half of game two, it became a lot more stagnant. The ball wasn't moving around as much. If if you're Jason Tatum, I can't have you be doing these tween tweens. This is a good long defense. Like they their arms are long. Like Drew Holiday can pick your pocket. Giannis can pick your pocket. Bobby Portis will do it to you as well. Wesley Matthews has kind of been a nuisance a little bit, and it's kind of been annoying to watch him play defense. So you you can't just be dribbling 20 seconds and then hopefully get off a decent shot. You got to move the brawl, ball around and put it, put the pressure on them. You can't let it go to you. That's fair. That's fair. What do you, what do you think the odds are that the Celtics win the series? Win the series? I'll give them... A slight advantage. I don't feel as confident as I did before. Milwaukee just, it feels like they they turn it up to a different level when they play the Celtics. I don't know if that's just because I mainly only watch the Celtics, but I don't know. They, It just feels like they've turned up 
a whole nother level. And I remember watching a video of Drew Holiday whenever he got excited. I forgot what it was, but he got super excited. I think it was about like an anime that he watches or that he likes, like Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z. And I remember watching like the Pat McAfee show or like the guys on the Pat McAfee show. And they were like, yeah, we're probably going to take <laughs> the bucks to, to repeat. Right. right. So it's, it's very, it's very iffy. I, I got to see how the games in Milwaukee go. That's fair. That's fair. Before we go, I've got five NBA star caliber players that are on player options this off season. Okay. You tell me if they return to their teams, John wall, <laughs> no, James Harden. Ooh, I want to say no, but I, I think they. I think they get. I think they try and give it one more shot. Russell Westbrook. Oh no, Bradley got, Beal. Bradley's got to get out of there. He's got to. And Kyrie Irving. Kyrie may may just get out of there. I, I think Kyrie could get out of there. We'll see. Going to be an interesting summer. That's going to do it for today's edition of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. I want to send a huge thank you to Ryan Shumpert of Rocky Top Insider and Cookie Riley of The Daily Advertiser for joining us. Thank you to you for calling in and participating in the show. We'll do it all again next week. For James Mesh, the producer extraordinaire, I'm Matt Miguez saying be safe, be well, hug your mom and them, hug them tight this weekend for Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. We'll talk to y'all on Monday, 4 to 6, here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Have a great weekend, everybody. Yeah.